everybody to Schools Like Podcast. Uh, tonight, special episode, we've got uh, somebody here who's going to talk to us um, about some things going on at NAS, who's live at the convention, so we're, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But uh, first off, my name is Rachel, I'm a psychologist, and Rachel is in Maryland. Rebecca? Hi, I'm Rebecca, I'm a school psychologist in the state of Connecticut. I want to tell you guys all out there how to participate, we would love to hear from you uh, on Facebook, you can comment anywhere on School Psych, your School Psychologist page, which is my page, or the School Psych podcast page. You can um, comment directly under the top post or send a message. And on Twitter, we'll be looking for the hashtag Psyched Podcast. So please tell us about your experiences at NOLA and NASP this year. Um, any questions you have for our fabulous guests? I think uh, Rachel, you and, and Anna's here from also live from uh, from her situation. Anna. <laughs> hey, I'm Anna. I'm a, a school psych in New York State, and I'm so excited to get nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first off, I wanted to. Um, just talk really quickly about the poll that we had posted on Facebook. We um, had asked you guys to tell us a little bit about your participation in NASP and um, you know state agencies and whatnot, professional memberships. So 18 of you told us that they you're a NASP member. Uh, 13 said NASP and then also the regional or statewide associations as well. Um, 11 said that they kind of um, we're a NASP member for the purpose of maintaining that NCSP credential and to get that PD in. Uh, H said that uh, members of just the state organization. We had five that responded that uh, they're a NASP member and attend conferences that are workshops. And then three that are attending conferences but are not members of NASP but are still participating in those conferences. And then three of our um, participants said that they were not members of anything and just kind of um, got their PD uh, through other means. And then we also had a comment that some uh, a viewer said that she felt like memberships were pretty pricey and so that at that point um, she was taking a little bit of a break from membership. So um, just something to think about as we have our discussion today. But um, I'm going to turn it over to Rebecca who's going to introduce our guest. So we are so excited to have Dr. John Kelly um, on with us tonight. She is NASP President-elect he has been a school psychologist for at least 30 years, so correct me if, if, I'm, if it's much more than that, but he's working in public schools. He also works at the college and university level as an adjunct professor at St. John's University. He's uh, the former president of NIASP and still um, very involved as the chair of the legislative committee for NIASP. And he is our very special Psych Podcast guest tonight, Dr. Kelly. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for uh, asking me to be on tonight. We are so happy to have you live from NOLA. How is the convention going, and what are you thinking so far? Well, uh, the convention is just getting started. It officially opens tomorrow, but uh, today we, we did have workshops and, and, and different meetings. But, of course, it's Mardi Gras down here, so we've had uh, you know quite a turnout before the convention started. Lots of fun and festivities before the convention. Sure. I'm, I'm very jealous. Very jealous. How's the weather? It's pretty nice. <laughs> C compared to uh, where I live in New York, it's very nice. Yes. Yeah, you missed the snow. Yes. 
Good for you. So, John, let me ask you a couple of questions uh, I have. Is, as NAS president-elect, what is one thing that you hope to I hear. You know, I think that that it's it's kids. We work with kids, so uh, you know we know that we can't control what happens, you know, with kids in the background. But that's not a problem. Um, you know, I think that that one of my biggest goals as as NAS presidents. Well, actually, I have two goals. Um, you know, one is to really highlight and, and celebrate the work that we do as school psychologists. We are so good at um, kind of deflecting attention away from ourselves and, and celebrating others and, and advocating for children, advocating for families, um, advocating for different services that, that we offer. But we're not real good at kind of celebrating ourselves. And, and so certainly I hope to spend my presidential year celebrating school psychologists and, and kind of recognizing the value of what we provide um, as professionals. That's a really big thing for me. The second thing is, um, and I've been very passionate about this for a number of years, are the mental and behavioral health services that we provide for children in schools. Uh, in the school is, is the main location where most kids get the mental health services that they need. Um, it's just not available in the community uh, service. And so I think that we need to do a better job at, at one, training school psychologists to, to meet that role, but also informing administrators and other decision makers of the value of doing that type of work in the schools. Um, so th those are two things I'm really looking forward to doing. Yeah. Very cool. I had a question, too, um, as far as what your feelings are with licensure as far as school psychs. Like some, in some states, licensure is through the Department of Education. In other states, um, we're working under psych boards. I, just, I was recently in Texas where I was under a psych board, and initially um, – I didn't think that there would be a huge difference there as far as, um, you know, my role, but I felt that um, with the psych board, it, it definitely was um, a bit of a different dynamic and uh, not being able to use the term school psychologist in Texas and that type of thing and how that hurt kind of my ability to advocate for myself um, and the field within Texas there. So what are your thoughts on licensure and how that might impact us? Well, the credentialing of school psychologists is a very um, interesting yet complex issue uh, because the credentialing of school psychologists really happens at the individual state level. Um, it's not something that's uh, controlled at the federal level. Um, and so all of the different states and even territories um, have their own standards for how they're going to credential school psychologists. Um, some school psychologists in some states are, are certified uh, to work in the school system through, as you said, the Department of Education um, or, or some other uh, state-level department. Um, other states have licensure of, of school psychologists, but even the licensure means something very different. You bring up the example of Texas, um, where you have license, licensed specialists in school psychology is, is the title that, that is used there. Um, but that, that, that licensure has limitations to it, as you alluded to, in terms of exactly what school psychologists can do and how they can refer to themselves professionally. Um, so you have states like New York, which I'm obviously very familiar with, where school psychologists are certified to work within the schools. Um, however, even that certification has significant limitations uh, in, in terms of the services that can be provided. I think it really goes down to a matter of advocacy and, and school psychologists within the state trying to determine what level of potential will give them the broadest range to apply their services. Mm -hmm. 
And then kind of tying into that, um, as far as advocacy for school psychs, um, what do you have as far as recommendations of those of us out here um, who maybe want to get involved with NASP or in their um, state agencies? Like, how, how do we go about doing that? Um, how do you how does one get involved in NASP leadership? If you know what what is, what's out there as far as um, what's available to get NASP involved. You know, advocacy is one of those um, words when people hear it, they, they kind of think of, um, you know, going to a, a state level legislator or maybe a federal, you know, congressperson um, and, and advocating for a particular issue. Uh, but the reality is, is we as school psychologists, we, we advocate each and every day um, just through the work that we do uh, with children uh, when we're advocating at the building level for services. Uh, we advocate for parents. Uh, in, in terms of, of what's needed within the family, we certainly advocate for our colleagues, teachers, administrators, things of that nature. So I always like to say to school psychologists, uh, don't be afraid to get involved in advocacy. Start small. Um, you know, something simple like at, at the building level, there are lots of resources that NASP has available to them, different fact sheets of, of, about common childhood uh, disorders or, or learning uh, issues that, that, that are relevant to the classroom itself. Um, and so a simple advocacy technique is, is to provide that type of information to teachers, uh, doing some type of training uh, or doing some type of parent workshop. Uh, so start small um, at that level. Um, as you get more comfortable, you can build up to doing maybe advocacy at the district level with the school board, uh, something of that nature. And then you can certainly build up your skills and, and comfort, uh, comfort level to maybe doing something at that state level or even at the federal level. NASP has great opportunities, and I always like to highlight what's called the Public Policy Institute. It's run every July uh, down in Washington, D.C. Um, it's been run in conjunction with George Washington University, uh, where we train, we bring in school psychologists from throughout the United States, and we train them in public policy and advocacy skills. So for someone who is really interested in, in developing those, those skills and, and stepping up to a very different level, that's a great opportunity to do some professional development uh, during the summertime, again, during, during uh, July. For those that want to get, get involved with leadership uh, type of opportunities or, or, or get involved um, you know, with the state associations, I think you know, state associations are great grounds to, to begin to develop those skills, uh, contacting uh, the, 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 whether it be the president or, or someone within your state association. Um, I think every school psychologist should belong to their state association. Uh, it's at the state association level that a lot of good work, protection of jobs, advocacy work happens at that state level. Um, that's not to say you shouldn't be a member of NASP. Obviously, I, I believe that that's important as well. Um, but getting involved with the state association can be critical, especially for those that want to get involved in leadership. Um, and then at NASP, opportunities develop. We have a leadership development committee um, that is here that, that's opening up different pathways for, for school psychologists to become involved in leadership. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know that um, very much about the public policy. Is, is that something people can find out more about through the NASP website? Yes, again, it's held every uh, July, um, and the advertising for it uh, generally will start in springtime. Um, so it is advertised on the NASP uh, website. Also through the state associations, a lot of recruitment to attend it uh, comes through the state associations. Usually state associations will send uh, different individuals to it um, as part of their, their advocacy efforts. Awesome. You mentioned the um, 
some of the handouts and resources that NASP provides. I'm a big fan of a lot of the primers that, like, you know, the ADHD primer, the just little yeah. things that um, if a teacher feels overwhelmed with a kid, that I can say, here, here's a handout that gives you a little bit of a, a basis of information. Same thing with parents, um, to just kind of give a starting point. And I, I really like uh, a lot of those resources are, are written so that parents and teachers can understand them, and they're really useful. <laughs> No, I like how you put it, Rachel, because I think that um, it is a starting point, and, and, and I think that that gives us a convenient um, entrance into having a conversation with a parent or having a conversation with a teacher about particular issues, uh, and I'm a big believer in, in those types of conversations. I think that that's really important. Um, we, we thought of a couple questions about, let's see. <laughs> Um, you've already talked a little bit about supporting members and how NASP does it. Um, I think it's really great too, um, just the work that NASP does advocating, I mean you talked about um, advocating doesn't need to be you know, uh, you know, higher up with laws and things, but you guys do do a lot of that too, that you're involved in, in you know, laws and things that might affect us as school psychologists, things that affect mental health in our schools. And, and all that stuff that, you know, an individual person um, wouldn't be able to really have a strong enough voice. So I feel like NASP gives us that, that collective voice to um, be heard. <laughs> no, I, I would agree with you, Rachel. I think that is a, an important role and an important function of, of NASP, um, particularly at the federal level. Um, there is a, what's called the Government and Professional Relations Committee um, that, that I always call the, the advocacy wing of, of, of NASP. Um, that is involved on Capitol Hill uh, looking at legislation. We recently had um, ESSA, or Every Student Succeeds Act, um, which replaced the No Child Left Behind. Uh, and and NASP was, was uh, intensely involved in the development of that legislation, uh, involved in, in writing certain sections of it, making sure that uh, the services that we provide are written into uh, that particular law, and school psychologists are, are expressly recognized within the law itself. So uh, that, that is a critical piece. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, director of um, public policy, uh, Kelly Valancourt um, at, at NASP, who does a wonderful job of, of being our voice on Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. oh. Great. Um, and then Rebecca, did you want to ask? Um, I'm, I'm tweeting out. Well, I'm commenting on the Facebook page. I'm kind of taking sound bites from what you're saying, John. I just I love so much of it. Um, I love this, the idea that you will be advocating for the, our our roles. As um, I I took what you said and kind of turned it into the front line. It sounds like you're saying that school psychologists can be the front line of mental health services, often because other mental health services are, aren't. Um, readily available as they as they need to be. So I, I like that idea. So I am commenting and I'm looking for for you guys out there who are watching to share your thoughts also. Um, other questions that we had for you were um, well, what do you um, what are your thoughts on the recent research of the validity of cognitive measures and the usefulness of standardized testing? Um, that's been in in our press a lot, um, lots of articles going around and lot, getting a lot of um, attention lately. What are your thoughts on that? You're absolutely right, Rebecca. I think that uh, there has been a lot of comments about that. 
we're hearing more and more uh, from kind of both sides of the argument. Um, there is uh, research that, that uh, generally indicates that the cognitive assessments that, that we provide uh, may not have a direct uh, a correlation or, or a direct effect upon development of specific interventions. Um, and, and so, you know, those that are, are kind of on one side of the argument point to that research to indicate, um, you know, that, that essentially the cognitive assessments don't add any value to, to um, uh, academic interventions for, for students. Um, however, the other side of the argument is clearly understanding how a student processes information, uh, understanding how uh, uh, we need to uh, look at, at different ways that, that, that students are taught uh, within the classroom, and so that the cognitive assessments really provide vital information. Um, and then there's kind of a, even a, I'm not going to say newer, but it's, it's a less known uh, of more of the school neuropsychology that is looking more at, at neurologically, uh, you know, how, how students are, are processing information and looking at assessments that can be done to, to look more at, at, once again, the neurological aspects of it. So I, th I think my personal feeling is I think that there is great value in, in the assessments that we do. We as school psychologists, we understand uh, assessment. Uh, we understand what, what assessment is all about. Um, however, we need to uh, also understand that for some students, uh, it, it is important to not so much rely upon the instruments that, that we have available to us before we uh, can offer some type of intervention. Um, and I think that that's the whole concept behind response to intervention. Uh, there, there's not a need for students to enter into special education to get some level of intervention. And I think that that's a critical uh, piece for us to really understand and, and recognize um, that for some students that, you know, for me, special education is not, uh, you know, a, uh, an intervention. Uh, special education is, is, a, is a program. Um, and all too often we use it as an intervention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that as school psychologists, I mean, our training is so broad um, in, in what we're capable of doing within our school, and our roles are so varied per state, per district, per school, um, depending on what principle you got, you know, it can dictate what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, so a lot of us are, yeah, doing cognitive evaluations, and then on the other side, we've got a lot that, you know, just do counseling. Uh, Rebecca focuses a lot on, on counseling, and I do a lot of more, yeah, traditional uh, battery evaluations, and so um, it's interesting, yeah, to see the research and to see um, where do you, do you think that the field is going to shift? Do you think that, where, where do you see this going um, down the line? I, 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 uh, I do believe that there will always be a place for assessment um, in our practice. Um, and, and using data um, to help guide our, our interventions. Uh, you know, the assessments may shift, the, the focus of the assessments, what, you know, what type of assessments we're using, uh, but I think there will always be a role for assessment in, in our work. Sure. I think that as school psychs, we're very um, data-minded, and I think that if anyone yeah. in the school is going to understand uh, numbers <laughs> and stats and um, progress monitoring and, and things like that, it's going to be us. So I think it's a good you know I, I would agree, Rachel. I think that that is a critical piece. I, I think we do bring that expertise to the schools and, and really understanding what the data is telling us. Um, I think that that's the value of, or one of the values of, of school psychologists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a, a viewer comments that I thought I'd read. Um, Eric says, this is so important. Our lens 
that we view the school community students' learning and mental health needs is one that is highly refined. We hold a wonderful, unique position in our schools. Sometimes others don't know how to use the skills, though. The better we are able to advocate for our roles, the more effective we'll be. Well, I couldn't add anything more to that. I would agree with that 100%. Um, and, and I think that, that you know, I, I really like the, the beginning part where they talk about you know, the lens that, that we, we view these issues. And, and I do believe that school psychology is a, uh, it's a unique profession. We have unique training uh, that's very different than, for example, a clinical psychologist or, or another type of mental health professional. Um, and so I think we need to value that training that we have uh, to specifically work within the schools, but not just only within the schools, understanding education, what education is about. Uh, because I do believe that we can practice school psychology outside the school setting. And what I mean by that is, is simply understanding what education and learning is all about. Right. And I kind of detected uh, in what you're saying that idea of it's about growth. It's a, there's a growth mindset to what we do that is sometimes different than um, clinical, private clinical sites um, that I notice anyway. The reports sometimes that come back from um, private psychologists are a lot about diagnosis where we're looking for the, the what, now what kind of thing. Yeah which is, I think, really important for our kids. No, I, again, I think that's a good point. And, and please, I, I do not want to um, you know, say that, that there's not value in terms of, of other mental health professionals. I just think we have a, a unique uh, a set of, of, of uh, training, and we certainly have a unique set of focus in terms of where we want our, our, our work to be. And I think it's so important that the schools um, you know, are involved with this. I mean, where, where are kids the majority of their day? When we talk about mental health concerns in the country, um, our kids are in school for a day, so it just makes sense that, you know, somebody is needed there that has some knowledge of this stuff um, to try and intervene and, and you know. Yeah, it's such a critical issue, Rachel. You know, when we look at the studies and the research behind this, um, it essentially tells us that one in five children have some type of mental health disorder that impacts their daily functioning. And yet, only one in five of those children actually get the help that they need. So 80% of the kids that have these mental health disorders, unfortunately, do not get the attention that they need. When they do get the, the services, it happens within the school setting. For exactly the reason that you had said, kids are in the schools, and, and that's where the service is available. So it is very critical for us to be able to uh, address these needs. Sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back a little bit to um, the convention and what's going on around you and all the all the fun stuff, which I'm totally <laughs> jealous about. Um, when you look around you, um, you know, who are you seeing? Are you seeing um, a lot of interns? Are you seeing um, experienced school psychs? Who is typically attending uh, conventions with NASA? You know what, it really is a good mix. Um, I love seeing the graduate students that, that we have here. Um, I think it's such a unique experience to be able to come to a national convention of, of this level, um, to interact with professionals throughout the country, um, to see you know the top names. Uh, I, I was just sitting with Keith Connors uh, this afternoon, uh, you know, of the Connors scale, uh, having a conversation about his training and background and, and uh, you know, we were, we were kind of uh, talking about the last time we were here in New Orleans uh, together. 
I mean, where else would I have the opportunity to sit with Keith Connors and, and talk about, uh, you know, our, our fun we were having in New Orleans? Um, so I think, you know, it, it's, it's that level. You have the experienced practitioners that are here, um, and then you have, obviously, the leadership uh, of, of state associations, leadership of, of the national association that, that's here. So it's a really good mix of people that are here. Very cool. You're going to have to you know, name drop and make us super jealous. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, mean to name drop. I just wanted to offer that as an example to, to say you know, that that's the level of access that you often have. Yeah. No, it's funny. Um, Anna and I frequently joke with Rebecca because she's like a, a fangirl sometimes with some of these. Uh, yeah. Like, well, overwhelmed. <laughs> so we always talk about, you know, oh, she can think during a podcast because she gets so excited about talking, you know, and, and we all do, and it's kind of cool. I mean, to anybody else, the name Connors doesn't mean anything. Well, that's why we need to feel good about it because you're right. No one else will, will be as excited as we are. Um, we also wanted to ask you your thoughts on social media and um, how that might um, kind of mold and shape where we go as a field and how that can impact just, you know, how we connect with each other and how we do PD and how we learn from each other. Well, let me first say I love what you guys do. You, you are, are top-notch in terms of what you're trying to do here with the professional development, reaching people, uh, you know, across the country. And so I really want to just applaud the work that, that you're doing So I'm very, very impressed. Um, it, it's tremendous work. Uh, and, and I think it is the, the future. Uh, we're getting more and more uh, of our professional development online. Uh, not everyone is able to come to a national convention. Um, some people aren't even able to make it to, to their state level conferences. Um, and so I think we need to look for unique ways um, to use social media, to use online learning, uh, things of that nature to really grow our, our professional skills. I agree. I think it's really exciting. I know for myself, I'm early career. I'm on my third year, and um, I just I miss being connected to my graduate students from my program. But I feel like I get so much out, not only out of this, but by just being connected online by uh, the, from the NAS website, from Twitter, and I think there are just more and more opportunities to um, help people who want to learn more and do more um, so that they can be their best at work. There's such a great opportunity to provide that online. So I'm really excited about it and about the future of it. Absolutely. Has anybody contacted through social media, you know, to come and do the podcast um, or to just chat with us or to ask, you know, answer some questions that we might have? Everybody in kind of our school like community is always so willing to help each other out. Um, we've talked a lot about the the forum, the School Psychology Forum Facebook page. It's just like this huge area where people are constantly posting questions and interacting with each other. And I just think yeah, it's a really great dynamic. <laughs> it's exciting. It, it is very exciting. And I think that, that you look at the success that you guys are having because people are, are looking for that information. Um, and, and we are living, obviously, in an era where we need easy access to information. And so whether it be through the Facebook page, through podcasting, through you know, tweets, uh, things of that nature, this is how people are, are accessing information now. Sure. Yeah, and I think that the team spirit is uh, so helpful too. Even if you have a question that you can't get answered online or if you have a need that is you know, sort of bigger than 
um, putting it out on Facebook or Twitter. Just feeling like you're not alone is, is really helpful. And uh, advocating for each other in that way, you know, it, I think is, is really nice. Yeah, yeah, I would agree, and I know we were joking just a couple minutes ago about kind of being a little starstruck and, and uh, you know, looking at some of the, the stellar people within our field, but I have to be honest with you, my experience over the years has been that, that people are open to being approached, uh, to being asked, um, even some of the luminaries within our field, you know, they, they, they like being asked about their work, so, um, I, you know, I, some of the listservs that I belong to that have some of the, the top people in the field, um, I see them loving to, to answer questions that are asked. Uh, so I would certainly encourage the psychologists to not be afraid to do that. That's great. We'll be shooting out emails this week, everybody. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, John, I'm wondering if you might want to uh, walk around and ch check in on the NAS convention goers and see how everybody's feeling okay. tonight. Yeah? We can go uh, check it out. I can go to the lobby area and kind of give a little little tour of the area and see if there are any people who maybe want to ask a question or, or be part of the podcast. That would be great. All right. So give me a moment. I'm, I'm going to take a walk out there, and I'll, I'll come back on in just a second. Okay, great. These <laughs> are our eyes and our ears. These are eyes our boots on the ground. And uh, for those of you that are not there at the convention, get ready for some major more convention envy. Uh, I was today looking at the list, um, the session list, and it's just unbelievable. <laughs> I would want to attend almost every single one, which would be impossible, but I'm, I'm completely envious. And I joke a lot with Anna about when I go to a convention that I want to come home with um, my weight in pens, because those books <laughs> They hand out pens all the time, so I'm like, you know, if I'm paying, you know, a good amount of money to attend this convention, I'm gonna leave with a whole bunch of pens and posters and laser pens and stress balls and all that stuff. Oh, I love the stress balls. <laughs> well, that's certainly part of it. It's, it's you know, what type of goodies can you get? Uh, what, what can you go home with? Uh, all that. So yeah. uh, I, I am out in the uh, the uh, lobby area right here. Um, I'm going to unplug my microphone here so that we do have others, um, and hopefully we'll be able to hear you, because it is a, a bit noisy, it is a bit crowded. I can do a, a quick uh, little little scan of, of the crowd and, and, and kind of uh, show, show, you know, the viewers. And, okay, wonderful. Wow. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I feel like I'm there. <laughs> okay. So let me turn around and just see if we have any people uh, approaching. Um, okay. I have someone who looks like she wants to come over. Uh, hang on one <laughs> come on second. over. Okay. Hello, how are you? you know, Hi, how that? are you? Hang on one second. All right, it's a little tough to hear, but we'll do our best. Okay. Uh, so, introduce yourself and, and where you're from. Sure. So I'm Hillary Wilson. I'm from. Just kind of repeat the other question. I'm not sure if you can hear it, but uh, Hillary was asking about uh, the shortages of school psychologists, uh, particularly in states like Alaska, um, and, and that is actually a very critical issue. 
Um, you know, up in the Northeast, where, where I am, we actually don't have an issue where there are plenty of school psychologists. In fact, unfortunately, at times there's not enough jobs with some uh, school psychologists. But uh, the majority of, of the United States is actually a shortage um, of school psychologists, where we don't have uh, enough school psychologists that can fill the positions. Um, in some states, we actually don't even have training programs. In, for example, Hawaii, um, they're just developing a school psychologist. Wow. And so it affects our ability to really be able to um, implement the comprehensive services that we're trained to, to engage in some of the things that we were talking about before. Uh, and so NASP is taking that on as a priority. It's one of our, our what we call our key initiatives. In fact, it's our top key initiative um, to make sure that we're developing different strategies uh, to help states like Alaska uh, recruit and retain school psychologists. Uh, in fact, we have uh, here at the convention. We have a number of uh, schools. In fact, I think Alaska is one of the states that, that's actually setting the food in, in uh, the exhibit hall to uh, recruit. Um, tonight, actually, from here, I'm going to a, uh, a recruitment social uh, put on by, by the Western states. Um, are you going to be at that recruitment social? Okay, so Hillary's going to be at the recruitment social there. Um, where we'll be, uh, we've invited uh, graduate students, we invited early career school psychologists to come to the recruitment social. So that maybe we can connect states that are looking for uh, 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 school psychologists with those that are, are looking for jobs. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate That's it. awesome. Go Alaska. <laughs> so, I'm look around and maybe I can make eye contact with, with someone. Real <laughs> 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 in. Uh, Hello. Hello. I can hear that, but you can hear us just fine. But if you want to introduce yourself. Okay, yeah. Uh, Andrew Shannick, uh, uh, Associate Professor of Policy Rose, also President of the New York Association of School Psychologists. Oh! This may seem like a setup, but uh, obviously I know Dr. Shannick here. He's a colleague <laughs> work. But uh, so he saw me standing over here in the corner and said, I think I better go rescue John. Uh, <laughs> I try to cut back whenever I can. So, Dr. Shannick, I, I, I'm on the podcast. So okay. Taking questions uh, from uh, the audience. Um, you have any specific questions about the school psychology related issue? School psychology related issue. Uh, uh, in terms of what NASP is doing, or is it just uh, some of your thoughts on Anything you'd like to ask? I'm okay. okay. I think, uh, are you seeing that there's enough being done in terms of rural districts in school psychology, or do you think there's still like a real uh, missing school jobs out there in that area? Well, it's interesting. Once again, you hear the issue of shortages coming up and, and addressing the needs of, of those that live in, in rural areas. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even top, uh, states that have a large population like New York, we obviously have very rural areas um, mm -hmm. and make sure that, that we need to address the needs of us. Children, families, and certainly the schools that are out there. People, people don't think of New York as having rural area, but most of the state is rural. Mm -hmm. So we think like you know, using stereotypes, Kentucky has to be rural, but New York is just as Kentucky as Kentucky is. It's amazing. So yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, is that I mean, it all uh, boils down to the sense of being able to have the the professionals to fill the positions, but also uh, the importance to do advocacy with the decision makers, whether it be administrators um, or school boards, to make sure that they're understanding the role uh, of school psychologists and, once again, the nature of our jobs. Uh, 
uh, and uh, making sure that when decisions are made about the filling position, that they understand what school psychology is all about. Uh, I, I talked to you before about making sure that, that we belong to our state associations. This is a perfect example of the value of all these associations. Because that's really where a lot of work is done uh, by the state associations, making sure that that is happening, whether it be in a rural area, an urban area, or suburban area. Try and talk, try and speak up. So you got to come close because okay. of the background noise. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm here doing a podcast uh, with uh, two of my colleagues, uh, two uh, school psychologists. Um, and so I had these two uh, lovely individuals who came to talk to me. What we're doing is taking questions from uh, school psychologists about anything school psychology related um, or something specific for me as, as incoming uh, president-elect. So if you want to come in and just introduce yourself and who you are. Once again, I'll repeat the question. Just in case you hear it, Captain um, was asking about the uh, the role of graduate students and, and what advice I can give to them in terms of their position within NASP and, and kind of what the value they bring to uh, to, to NASP itself. I think it's a great question, Catherine. Thank you so much for asking that. Um, I was just saying before when they were asking me about the attendees here and, and who comes to the convention and how excited I am about the number of graduate students that we have here. Um, you know, my, my personal uh, vision is, is that graduate students are the future of our profession. Um, and, and so I, I believe it's critical for uh, graduate students, one, to be recognized for the value uh, of what you bring uh, to us. Um, I, I, I teach at, at graduate level, and I always say to my, my graduate students um, that they are actually bringing knowledge, uh, current knowledge, out into the field. Uh, unfortunately, many of our colleagues don't engage in professional development, and so they're relying upon their training, what they, maybe they experienced in, in graduate school. We know things are changing over time, and we know that, that things are, are changing quickly. Um, and so I think that the graduate students really bring value to that. I think the other piece that graduate students bring to NASA specifically is you, know, you guys are our future leaders uh, of, the, of the field. And, and so uh, it's important, once again, for you to we have a graduate student committee here um, that does a great job in terms of, of recognizing the needs of graduate students, uh, providing resources for graduate students. Uh, and, and so I think that the fact that we have a dedicated uh, committee for graduate students really shows the value that NASA places upon graduate students. Thank you. <laughs> All right. 
That was great. Yeah. I agree. Just so I can hear you. Uh, give uh, me one second. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here, here's a good example of, of some of the people that we run into and, and uh, uh, some of the fun that we have. Uh, so this is a, a friend, uh, a colleague, uh, and, and uh, let me kind of unplug once again. This is uh, Dr. Jack Nagy. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm officially starstruck. No. <laughs> so honored so to meet you. Back, uh, it's, but, uh, yeah. Oh, we're losing the signal a little bit. Oh, we don't lose the signal. There we go. The questions that came to me before processing the luminaries in the field that I have learned from personally in terms of some of the things we were talking about before. But what we're doing, Jack, is is we're I'm obviously doing a podcast with these colleagues, these schools that I work And I'm taking questions from the field in terms of coming in as, as president-elect of NASA or some other uh, professional aspect of what school psychology is all about. Uh, so if you have a question for me, I'm more than happy to try and answer it. Uh, okay. So, uh, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. I give both of you, by the way. I appreciate the support. <laughs> um, over the many years I've been in NASA, I started in mid-70s being a member of NASA. And I've been a member of NASA every year since like 74. Um, I've always struggled with the diversity in opinions. And sometimes, quite frankly, um, a heavy handed approach of the so called leaders in NASA. And in the last communique, it's a good example of um, a a position about a certain approach to what we do as professionals that I think is um, demeaning and, and intentionally hurtful and tearing down the work of others. So if you have any, I guess I, my question would be, do you have ideas on how we can work to try to bring people more together and understand that we all can benefit from the many different approaches that we have and it'd be better for us to be more supportive than being trying to demean the work of others, but rather say, I can see where that approach has some value, but other approaches also have value. What do you think you could do to kind of maybe help people be more open to different views in their own? Okay. So I, I think you probably heard most of what Jack was asking, but. You know, Jack has been a uh, vocal um, uh, professional in terms of, of making sure that all different uh, perspectives are, are listened to and considered. Um, I, I have uh, found Jack to be, um, although clearly falls in, in one camp and in one side of the argument, uh, very open and honest in, in terms of recognizing the value of, of the diversity of thought. Uh, and, and I said it with all sincerity, Jack. Um, and I'll answer partially what I said to your question before, Rebecca, and that's simply that um, you know, there will always be value in assessments in the work that we as school psychologists, this is uh, uh, you know, part of our expertise, you know, understanding what the data is telling us, understanding the value uh, of those assessments. Um, and certainly as, as president of the association, um, it will, I see it as my role to, to make sure that all voices are heard um, and that, that diversity of opinion is accepted and, and, and really recognized. 
um, and, and that we not uh, compromise the position of, of one side or the other. Um, I, I don't see myself, to be honest with you, uh, uh, playing peacemaker or, or bringing all sides together because I think there's some very strong and, and, and valid uh, you know, arguments on, on either side of the coin. Um, but, but I think that it is important to make sure that we're bringing all those, those uh, opinions into the, the mix uh, and making sure that we're not demeaning or devaluing one side versus the other. But you set the tone, right? And not all previous presidents have set the tone of embracing diversity. And that's, uh, that's, I'm happy, I knew that you would be a reasonable person in this regard. I appreciate of course. it. Um, but I just think it's really important because what's really, in the, in the end of the day, it's about how can we help kids? And if we're arguing about, oh, this is no good or that's no good, maybe it is for that student. And when the school psychologist makes a good decision and helps the student, then we benefit. I'm gonna plug back in you second. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna screenshot the four of us uh, and that'll be my new profile picture. <laughs> You know, you're absolutely right. right there. And, and, and I think that that is, you know, once again, the value of what we bring to the conversation. Um, and I think that that's critical for us. We'll always remember that. Um, and, and once again, hopefully that was a good example of what I had said to you before. You know, don't be afraid to ask uh, uh, some of these folks questions. Uh, they're, they're very friendly, obviously, and, and, and very open to, to uh, you know, answering questions. Look for my new profile pic next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for um, for joining us uh, tonight and, and and everything. I mean, I'm just I'm so hyped up. I wish that I was at the convention right now because I would I'm all fired up now. <laughs> I'm gonna be at the convention. I'm gonna hop on a plane. <laughs> yeah. You're always Thank welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time and your generosity and your kindness. It's really been so wonderful to have you on. It's wonderful to know you. We really appreciate well, it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I, as I said before, I really appreciate the uh, the honor of coming on. I appreciate the work that you guys are doing, uh, and once again, value it so much. I'd, I'd love to come back on maybe in the future uh, when I'm actually president uh, or, or some other time uh, and have some fun with you again. Absolutely. We would love that. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the conference. And uh, we, right. we want to see how many pens you've collected once you get back to New York. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Good night, everybody. Great night. Good night, everybody.